almost sideways a place for movie conversation my name is adam and these are my daily notes where we discuss films in a very unique way i like having conversations and i have a, a guest over here who's part of the almost sideways podcast and that is todd Plucknick. todd how you doing my friend doing good how are you adam i'm doing well man opening day happened for major league baseball mariners are one and one baby 2027 is our year i feel it yeah, yeah, they had a they had kind of an exciting first game, you know. It was looking grim <laughs> for quite a while. <laughs> it was looking very good, but man, I'm really excited for the the young Mariners team though, because there's uh, there's some bright, really bright spots. I like Terry's prediction of four straight years of uh, Rookie of the Years. That's that's pretty cool. That'd be like some that. LA Dodgers level stuff. When they did had yeah, that think... with like Piazza and Hideo Nomo or something. They had like I think they had three in a row. Yeah, Mariners had two from 2000-2001 with Kasazaki and Ichiro. But that I think that was like the, one of the last times that ever actually happened. So who knows? Let's go uh, Tramel. Tr- Let's see. He made a great catch yesterday. So off a of Darren Ruff line drive. Darren Ruff. There we go. That's a name. Uh, anyway, uh, I guess quickly because we're talking about baseball real fast. Uh, Terry, if you guys don't know, he posts a bunch of baseball articles every year leading up to opening day. He gives you his ranking of each, each team and gives kind of like the highlights and what's things to watch for Major League Baseball. I know we're a movie podcast, but we do love sp- our sports too. So there's another big sporting event. We'll give Todd's thoughts on the second too. But Major League Baseball, his World Series prediction, the Chicago White Sox and the St. Louis Cardinals. Wow, I did not see that coming. What what's your take on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I I texted Terry. I was like, "That's you got to be out on some sort of limb there, right?" And he's like, "Oh, well, I don't know. I nobody's predicting the Cardinals, but you know, every once in a while they make a run when they don't have a big, a, like the top level team or something like that." I'm like, "Okay, whatever." I mean, he's he's got he's he's making a stab, and I I, I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, it's a, definitely a stab, but you know, picking up Nolan Arenado and having Goldsmith. Goldie going off on opening day too. Uh, it, it makes sense. The Cardinals, Cardinals are one of those teams that I absolutely do not like because they're just kind of bland, but they get the job done type of thing. They're, they're kind of like the San Antonio Spurs when when Duncan and David Robertson was or David Robinson was there playing. They're just like they're very good, but they're not flashy. They're just they just get the job done, do what they're expected, and win some games. You know, they have your respect. Yeah, I, I respectfully do not like them. <laughs> The White Sox might be hurting because they're uh, the big, big star player, Jimenez. I believe, I believe it's, he's hurt, so they're gonna have to pick up, pick up some slack there. But the White Sox have a good, young, talented team as well. So, any uh, any teams that you are excited to watch uh, this upcoming year, other than are, other than our beloved Seattle Mariners? Well, the the Braves are my team, so. Uh... Well, I mean, other than the Mariners, obviously. So, I mean, th- yeah. they should be right there at the top of the NL again. But, I mean, they still they still have a really young roster. But they're they're an exciting team to watch. Yeah, man, if they could just get over some like little hiccups in the playoffs, man. I th- I love Acuna. I love um, Ozzy Albies. Just when we went to Vegas, I picked up my Atlanta Braves hat. Um, it's actually I, I have it right here. I did pick up my hat, my hat. So. I kind of te- joke. I the guy I want to see play more is Fernando Tatis Jr. He's electric, so I'm kind of going for the Padres this year. Even though I don't think they're going to beat the Dodgers, but they they improved their team tremendously this off season. So definitely the San Diego Padres is a team I'm looking forward to watching more of, and the Anaheim Angels because I want to see them actually go to the playoffs with Mike Trout because uh, I think he's due. I think. <laughs> well, and they also haven't been called the Anaheim Angels in like a decade. So. 
Yeah, the Anaheim Angels. That's when I used to live down in California. I used to. That's what I remember them calling. I don't like the L.A. Angels of Anaheim of Burbank, California. <laughs> that's the, exactly. the, the full name. Yeah, uh, but the big uh, another big sporting event that's happening this weekend is the Final Four. Todd, quick thoughts on the Final Four. Like who you got? Who you want to see in the finals? Uh, well, I mean, see, did you predict any of these people being there? Well, Gonzaga was an easy prediction to have uh, having the championship game, and I mean they're, they're playing an 11 seed. They should, I mean, they should roll. They they've won by double digits in all but one of their games this year. So, I mean, obviously, I'm rooting for them because they're from Washington. Uh, on the other yeah. side, I mean, I, I like watching Houston play, but uh, I, I think it's pretty inevitable that's going to eventually be Baylor, Baylor and Gonzaga, which will be a fun game because they were supposed to play earlier on, and they had they like an hour before tip. They had to cancel it for COVID, and they never got to play. And then they both teams were still undefeated for like most of the season. So uh, mm. everyone's been looking forward to that game. That'll that'll be fun, and I think that's what it's going to be. But I mean, it's been a pretty unpredictable tournament overall. Yeah, absolutely. When we were down in Vegas, we had the number fifteen seed vying to make it to the uh, like the lead eight or something like that, like the, one of the first time ever. I was just like, who's this union? Or, yeah, Oral, I thought, see, I don't even know right now. Oral Roberts team making it. They lost by two, I believe. I was like, man, the sports book at Caesars was really packed. They're all watching those games. I'm like, I wonder how many people did last-minute bets for this Oral Roberts team. Uh, that would have been uh, pretty interesting to figure out. Yeah, they, they, were, man, they were a pretty I, exciting team to watch. Yeah, Caesars sports book is, is the place to be because, I mean, that thing is like a giant – it's like a sports bar but in, in a sports book form. And that place is always packed. I, I love I love that sports book. Yeah, that sports book was pretty cool. That's that the first time as an adult I've been to Vegas, and I guess we can transition there because I want to. We have a Vegas cager review when we talk about it in a second. But uh, Vegas, man, I, we got back, and I kind of want to be in Vegas. Like the last whole last week, I've been kind of in like still in vacation mode. I was like, man, I, I don't know, I could be on the strip drinking like a whiskey sour, just like going to like the White Castle and just walking around the different uh, mini sights and uh, sounds that you could hear and see in Vegas, man. It, it was a really great time. Yeah, it's an amazing city. It's the only city that you could just like be at like 10 a.m., just be wa walking down the street with a Bloody Mary and it, have it be nothing out of the ordinary. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny, like you go to like a White Castle burger, like which that was one of our big things. We had to go there because we've never had it before other than freezer form. So it was really delicious. But you can get tall boys at this like fast food place. Nice. Pretty crazy stuff. Um, we saw some really cool people we, at the, the White Castle. Actually, there was a, uh, the, one of the people there who was pretty cool. He had kicked out this homeless guy and he was like made some fun commentary like, Oh, Easy E, you're over here trying to steal my soda. And it was like this homeless guy in the thing. And he's like, Oh, yeah, left, right, left, right, trying to get the guy out. I was like, There's some there's some interesting people. And, and, and plus, you have all the flamingo girls like walking around trying to get your picture taken. And you got your, your hot cops. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you got you got a lot of fun uh, fun activities uh, to be held there, and yeah, we absolutely love the Caesar Caesar's Palace, and of course we did the Hangover conversation, which came out in two thousand nine, not two thousand eight. Uh, whoops, uh, and uh, and then we our last stop, the last hotel we went to was the Bellagio. We had to go to the Bellagio as our last day, and man, talk about a hotel that just makes you fall in love with it. Damn, yeah. That, yeah, that, that's that, a that is a really right cool. There. That is a really cool building, a really cool casino, and yeah, I mean, last time I was there, my my buddy stayed at 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 a at Bellagio, so I actually got to see what it's like in the rooms, which is classy as shit. <laughs> yeah, nah, hell yeah, 
the uh, the fountain, that big big open fountain was amazing. There was like this uh, fondue tower that has like three tons of chocolate that goes through it, like in their one of their uh, one of the stores there too. So maybe that's a vi- trip that we're going to be taking soon. And I know that next time you go, I, we Arlen and I were like, we need to hang out with the guys down in Vegas. We need to go our home away from home. Yeah, it's practically my office. Yeah, absolutely. Seven to my office, kids. There we go. Uh, so I guess the first thing, because we're talking about like whiskey sours and Bloody Marys, are, are you drinking anything special today? We'll pop up this uh, Bill Murray slide here. Well, Bill, I am drinking a Guinness. There so, we go. There we go. Leftover yeah, from St. Patty's Day, you know. There we go. I'm, I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper, so yeah, I'm pretty lame. But anyway. Oh, bummer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just drop, drop a That's, shot of whiskey in there. And we'll, well, yeah, I, I probably should go to my – my. Uh, I put the whiskey – little of the kids know I moved the whiskey out of the house and into the, our garage. So when we went on our trip, the teenagers in the house weren't tempted to you know, try to uh, sneak, a, sneak a taste. So I'm too lazy to go pick it up out of the garage <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's what we're drinking. Yeah, I wish I could be having some – sipping on some whiskey right now probably, especially after uh, – you know, being back and talking about Vegas so much, but let's move into what we've been watching. I I want to quickly get your thoughts because I have the king of the cager here yourself. I watched another movie about Vegas, uh, and that is Honeymoon in Vegas. Sorry, Nicholas Cage, James Caan, and I did not realize this from the DVD box that that was Sarah Jessica Parker, even though it clearly says <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker on the case. So, Jack, if I go. I want you to make me a promise that you'll always love me. Of course, Mom. And you'll never get married. I need a commitment. I want to be married. I can't walk out. Jack Singer has made his decision. Let's just do it. Get on a plane, go to Vegas, and do it. Now. Jack is going to get married. You're serious? I must be. My legs are paralyzed. But a funny thing happened on the way to the wedding. Sorry, man. Straight flush to the jack. To the queen. Wise men say. Yo, Tommy Coleman, $65,000. Only fools rush in. Eddie, do you have a solution? I do. I want your girlfriend for the weekend. You brought me to Las Vegas and you turned me into a hooker, Jack? I'll be a perfect gentleman. He's taking me to Hawaii. No! address is near Kapa'a'a. Is it Kapa'a'a or Kapa'a'a? If you want to leave, believe me, I understand. Is it A-A-A or A-A? It's just a little overwhelming, you know, to be pursued like this. What about near where Don Ho or Jack Lord lives? That must be a pretty good neighborhood. Why the women, when they come here, oh, they get crazy. They like freaky freaky all night long. No one ever was as crazy about you as I am. Well, that's just so wonderful to hear. Let's just fly to Vegas and get married and go on with our lives. Just get me anywhere where I can get a connecting flight to Las Vegas. Las Vegas, anybody? Come on, hop aboard. We're the flying elves of Utah, Captain. The king may be dead, but Jack Singer is not far behind. Listen, if you could just drop me. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll sure drop you. Honeymoon in Vegas. <laughs> We got to talk about this movie, man. Uh, this came out, I believe, in 1992, correct? Yeah. 
Yep. He's shaking his head. Yeah, so that's good. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, this came out in 1992. Uh, sorry, like I said, Nicolas Cage. And uh, there's so many. If you love Nicolas Cage, like little like freak out moments, little uh, weird noises that this guy makes, there's quite a bit in here. And this is crazy because it came out before he won his Oscar, you know, leaving Las Vegas. And I, I thoroughly kind of really enjoyed this movie for what it is. And if you don't know, it's about uh, Nicolas Cage's character who – he has promises a uh, mother that or mother not to get married. And he decides that eventually he's going to go to uh, Vegas and get married to Sarah Jessica, Jessica's Parker player. But he gets caught up in some a wild, crazy poker tournament because James Kahn's character has like some wandering eyes for, uh, you know, Nicholas Cage's girl and rigs this game possibly to have this weekend trip with Nicholas Cage's woman. It, it sounds ridiculous. Plots were kind of ridiculous to be honest with you, but it's really fun to see these different characters interact and go through this world, especially because it's a Vegas movie. It's also a Hawaii movie. It's, it's kind of a weird mixture of the two. And uh, of course they bring up every nineties, like little trope. Like every, every time you have a nineties movie in Vegas, you have to have Elvis Presley. You have to have El Elvis. It seems you have to have some outrageous, like, uh, uh, you know, people in different like uh, dressing up as Vegas. You had that um, was that Kevin Costner movie, like Three Thousand Miles to Graceland. Is that is right. that anything like in the nineties? Like Vegas was like, or Vegas and Elvis, they kind of go hand in hand too. Like skydiving uh, Elvises. Oh, oh, yeah. More importantly, skydiving Elvises was that's the key. But yeah, I, I, I kind of really enjoyed this one. I definitely am glad that I f was going through Half Price Books the other day, which is like a discount. Um, book and movie store and i found this dvd and i was like i had no idea this movie even existed and i texted you i was like yeah I'm, i have to do a first time watch of a, a cager review dive into the cager and talk about it because it was a kind of a unique experience um but the funny thing leading up to the movie when we watched it um evelyn and i were i got home early from work and she's like let's watch a movie i was like we're watching honeymoon in vegas and she's like i don't want to watch that and so i was hoping she would like go and just play with her toys but oh she sat there she was like hang on she's like why are they dressed like that guy, Dad? Like, why are they jumping? It's like now I want. And then, then the best, the, the Kermit, the Kermit. She's like, when are you going to take me to Vegas, Dad? I want to play some cards. Like, I want to go skydiving. And I was like, are you into this movie? She's like, yeah, I want to go to Vegas, Dad. I'm like, when are you taking me? I was like, okay, we might do a family vacation. Who knows? Uh, what are your quick thoughts on honeymoon in Vegas, man? Well, yeah, it's a movie I watched a lot, uh, kind of growing up, I guess, and I mean. It does have a lot of great Cage stuff. I think Sir Jessica Parker is great in it. I mean, it was nominated for a couple of Golden Globes, which is actually refreshing because oh, wow. I was back when they actually had real comedies nominated for their awards. <laughs> True. But um, yeah, I love the poker scenes. I love. I mean, it's. I mean, it's just an overall. It's a. It's an. It's a really fun, enjoyable movie. It, it had. There was a similar movie that came out around that time called Indecent Proposal, which takes that sort of premise wow. from a more serious. Um, yeah. Lens, but. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess on my cager, I have it currently ranked uh, number 48 between Vampire's Kiss and uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I, I it's been it's been quite a while since I since I watched it. But I mean, it, it, I could see how that'd be a really fun one to watch in, in preparation to go to Vegas and then watch Leaving Las Vegas when you're coming home. And because uh, uh, you'll have that depressing feeling of like being wanting to be in Vegas. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That that was that's that's a good good thought. Yeah, the day that we the day before we left, we watched we watched Molly's game too, which is another kind of like pokery uh, movie, which we thoroughly enjoyed. Sorkin did a great job with that movie, and 
Not weird. I, I like Chastain, but not like a lot in a lot of movies. I think she's a pretty good actress, but I'm not like a, I have to watch every single movie that she's in. But Arlette actually recommended us to watch it, and we were both kind of like hooked to the screen on that movie too. So it was kind of a fun movie to get us into poker and uh, and going to our trip to Vegas as well. So. Yeah, Chastain is so. badass in that movie. That that that's a really that's a really good movie. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I should tell my rating. Um, Molly's game. I oh, quickly I mentioned it's not really a review, but I gave it that three and a half stars. It was up there in my one of my top films of the year. Didn't quite make my top ten that year, but it's really dang high up there. And Honeymoon in Vegas, I'm giving it a two point five, close to a three star. Entertainment wise, it's a positive movie. I can admit that there's some little things here and there that that's not I still give it a pass on, but I'm going to have a 2.5 out of uh, four stars for us on our scale. But it's definitely a dang entertaining movie that I'm probably going to watch again uh, near future because Nicolas Cage needs to be watched. So, yeah. <laughs> I love, by the way, and speaking of Nicolas Cage, your uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies review, we just posted that on YouTube, a little clip there. And I had that song, the upbeat, inspirational song about life, uh, stuck in my head after I saw that you reviewed that. <laughs> It's a kick in the pants you needed. Anyway, that's that's a fun movie, man. A it's always weird reviewing yeah. ones like that because I mean, Nicolas Cage is not a big part of that movie, but I mean, I've got to watch it. So I mean, it's it's got to go on the list. So yeah, but it was weird out and of context it, watching that movie. Yeah, and it's weird because that one, Teen Titans Go. If we're talking about Teen Titans now, I guess Teen Titans Go is kind of a weird version. There's because there's two different versions of Teen Titans now. You have the Teen Titans OG show, which is the more more serious, and it's uh about Damien Wayne, which is one of Batman's sons that is, uh, his mom is uh, uh, basically the character that Maria uh, Cotillard played in Batman, um, or Marion Cotillard, sorry, uh, played in The Dark Knight Rises. That's Raza Ghul's daughter. It's like Damien Wayne, the Robin, is her uh, her son. So, son of Batman, too. So, it's, it's weird that whole timeline thing. But Teen Titans Go is a more of a kids friendly show, which has this weird animation. And they made a version. <laughs> A movie based off that version which a lot of people did not really care a lot of people kind of hated that uh choice but when they people watched the movie a lot of people gave a pretty positive marks it's not like it's pretty crazy out of context movie and i loved how nicholas case did reprise his role as superman because he was supposed to be in that michael or that tim burton superman movie um yeah so that that's uh superman lives i believe that's what it was called so yeah, that documentary about that is actually on the list of movies I'm going to watch for my cagers. So, yeah, that's a, I'm, I was, I was going to I was going to ask you about that. I really liked that one because they actually got Kevin Smith to be involved in that as interviews and such. So, Cage doesn't appear in the movie, but there's pictures of him in the suit. So, it's a definitely good movie, and uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that uh, documentary anyway. But I guess that's uh, that's enough small talk. We're about twenty minutes into this thing. Let's move into the the, the meat and potatoes of our the podcast today, uh, and that is you know you and I. Uh, it's awards season, our favorite time of year, other than baseball season for me, or maybe football too. And final four, you know what, whatever. Other, but regarding sports, you know our favorite movie time of the year is the awards season. We don't really care about the Golden Globes too much. They're fun, I guess, if you're drunk. But this is the the first year that Todd and I are actually able to vote on the Film Independent Spirit Awards. Yes, we're both members of the Film Independent uh, community. And this year, we got a bunch of screeners to watch a bunch of movies. And we actually get a vote for vote on who we think are going to win. So we're going to break down every category, give you who we think is going to win each category, or actually not who we think, but who we are personally voting for in each category. 
And then Todd said, well, you know what? Yeah, if you want. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's speculate. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. I guess we could, we, well, here, here we go. How about you and I, we give who we think is going to win and who we are personally voting for. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then we give like a kind of a fun little ranking. Todd said, let's rank the categories. Have we seen them personally, Todd, you have seen pretty much all of them. If all of them, right? Yeah, I, I've seen all the movies and all of the TV except for the documentaries of T on TV. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I there's a few that I haven't been able to watch, unfortunately, because I didn't watch any of the Netflix ones. Because, so I was definitely trying to catch up on those. And so I kind of fought, fell behind. And so some of the documentaries I hadn't seen and some of the international features I hadn't watched either. Uh, the John Cassavetes Award, there's a couple in there as well, but unfortunately we don't get a vote on those but there's we'll, we'll probably we'll mention them and talk about them as well because we let's talk about them that's what we do so uh that want to want to jump right into it todd sure all right let's do it first category we're going to talk about guys is the actually let's just talk about the robert altman award and that is uh just that's going out to one film and that's one night in miami it's already got that how does how do they determine that todd and what uh, who is mr robert altman uh, well, the, that category, along with a few others, are just decided. The win the winner is decided when the nominees are decided, and that's by uh, their nominating committee. And Robert Altman was a director, sort of a legendary director, who always had these giant ensemble casts of uh, of of just amazing a actors. Nashville and Gosford Park and Shortcuts, like these are like great, like smaller movies. But he, yeah. but uh, Altman was really the master of ensemble cast so it's cool that they named their their category after him and one night in miami i guess is a pretty good um uh example of that uh, even though it's not a huge cast it is a cast that that does uh play off each other really well and has the scale of an Altman movie in, in a lot of ways absolutely would you personally have voted uh, if there was some um, would you have had this movie pe pegged as the robert altman uh winner uh, before the nominations came out uh, I mean, I've no, I'm never really been able to predict that one very well because yeah, true. They, they, I don't know, they, they do it a little weird. And like, if the, if it's, if it's uh, the Robert Altman winner, they won't nominate it for any acting awards. So mm -hmm. there's been, there's movies I would, I mean, I, I would have thought that Maureen's Black Bottom probably because that, I mean, that, that, that just sort of filled up the nominations. Like they could have just been like, okay, this is a Robert Altman winner. We'll give them their award that way, and then they could nominate a more selection of movies in the in the acting categories. But I, I, yeah. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought One Night in Miami. I didn't even know it was an independent movie, to be honest. Yeah, that is true. I, I thought it was. Yeah, it was, seemed a little bigger, a little flashier as well. So there's a lot of movies here I didn't really realize were independent, and we'll talk about especially one of them, which I was like, where was the Oscar nominations for this movie? But anyway, we'll we'll talk about we'll discuss that in a second. Uh, let's go to our very first category that we're actually voting on, and I'll read this one off. And that is, where is it? Best Cinematography. I've seen a couple of movies in this category here. So uh, first nominees are Jay Cattell for She Dies Tomorrow, Shaber Kirch Kirchner for Bull, Michael Latham for The Assistant, Helene Lovart for Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, and Joshua James Richards for No Man Land. A pretty dang good list of categories, if I do say so myself. Um, I guess I will, I'll start this one off here, Todd. Um, who I think will win would be Josh James Richards for Nomadland. 
I think he uh, that movie was just spectacularly beautiful. I loved it. It's one of my top ten movies of the year after I watched it, based off this screener. Who I personally will be voting for, I think, out of all these movies, I think the one that was the most beautiful film would be Nomadland for me. Um, I hadn't seen Bull quite yet. I'm looking forward to checking that one out because it has the two nominations. But I've seen the other one movies, and it's it's really close battle between Nomadland and Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. But I'm going to give the slight edge to Nomadland, and that's who I'm, I'll be voting for. So, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, Nomadland's going to win. Like that's going to win the Oscar. I can't imagine mm-hmm. a scenario where it doesn't win this award. And we should mention, like, we are to vote on these. We are supposed to take into account diversity, innovation, oh, yeah. uniqueness of vision, and original provoc- provocative subject matter, which I think is strange. At no, at no point in there does it say quality, but I mean, I, I get the true. provocative subject matter thing because, like, there's a lot of times when there's like a clear, like, this is winning best editing at the Oscars, and it's nominated here for some stuff, but not editing. But they'll give it to something that is completely you know, just out there because it's a spirit award kind of thing, which I, I love, but I mean, I, I don't, the, the other things I'm like, okay, I guess, I mean, if you're, if you're talking di- diversity, I'm not really sure how you're supposed to, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to <laughs> take that into account mm-hmm. when I'm actually voting on the winner, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be voting for no man land as well. It, I mean, nice. it, it's pretty clear The the one that I think, I, I mean, I guess I'll, my, my ranking of them would be nomad land. She dies tomorrow. Bull. The assistant, and then never, never really, sometimes, always. But she dies tomorrow mm. is is the kind of one that really, uh, like th- that feels like an independent spirit winner in something. Yeah. But I'm just like cinematography wasn't necessarily the thing I would think about. But I mean, it'd be more of an editing kind of thing. But uh, mm. yeah. But that that's that would be my number two. But No Man Land's going to win, and it should win. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess give you my give you my ranking now. No my land. Never really sometimes I always, but you're you're spot on with that she dies tomorrow right there, though. I thinking about it now, that movie was my cup of tea, but there was something unique, really unique about it as well. Um that for that the visual there. So definitely that the cinematography is a cool nomination for that movie. And then, then I would go with my fourth one be the the assistant. And I like I said I hadn't seen Bull quite yet, so all right all right perfect all right let's go to our next category and that would be best editing do would you like to read that off todd uh the best editing nominees are andy canny for the invisible man scott cummings for never rarely sometimes always marawai jeremiah for residue enot cd for i carry you with me and chloe ja for nomad land Mm. A lot of these movies are mentioned are going to be mentioned a lot in <laughs> throughout these nominations. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, go ahead. Predicting this one is, di- di- I don't know. I think it's kind of difficult. I think the winner is probably going to be Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. But mm-hmm. it, it, I really could see it going any number of ways. What about you? Yeah, this this is definitely a, the harder one to call. Uh, I think yeah, you're. I think you're pretty, a pretty good idea. I think never really sometimes always is going to walk away with something and for sure and it deserves it. But in the editing was really good on that one. I can definitely see it's Scott Cummings winning for editing for this. That never really sometimes always. This is this is a tough one. I hadn't seen Residue, um, ha, uh, so that's one that I'm kind of out in the dark on. But, Residue has I, some. It has a really flashy editing. It's a, it's a really 
gritty indie movie with a lot of with a lot of stuff going on. So I mean that that is that, that could be a winner. Mm. And I yeah like but okay so my rankings of them I'm gonna be voting for the Invisible Man. I didn't know yeah. that that was even eligible for these awards, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the editing of that movie is nuts. And I, I'll be like, that's my number one. And then Residue, I have number two. Never rarely, sometimes, always number three. I carry you with me. I, I liked a lot. I saw I saw that like months ago when I first got the screener for it, uh, and I really mm-hmm. liked that one. And uh, Nomadland, I put number five. I don't, I don't think editing is necessarily the what makes that movie click, but uh, I, w- I guess I wouldn't have a problem with seeing Chloe Zhao win at like three awards here. Yeah, that is true. I, I, she deserves a lot of the awards and a lot of the uh, the attention that she's getting for Nomadland. It's a great movie. Uh, I think I have the, pretty much the same rank, ranking as you do. Um, Residue, I haven't seen quite yet, but I'm, I will be voting for The Invisible Man. That's one movie I thought, like, where was the uh, nominations for at the cool. Oscars? It was fantastic. Yeah, I was like, where the heck where did it go? Went to the one and only Ivan and Love and Monsters in Mulan. I think that's that's where they kind of got pumped out. <laughs> so, um, but uh, No Man Land, I think uh, that's who I'll be voting for. And my ranking, like I said, will be the same as you. Uh, the Invisible Man. Uh, it was uh, never rarely, sometimes always. I carry you with me in No Man Land, and I haven't seen Residue yet, which I'll probably be turning on shortly after this. Uh, we're done recording here. So I can get it watched. So, all right. Our next one is the best international film feature, and um, I, to be honest, I hadn't seen these ones. I've seen the, I have, yeah, I haven't seen any of these movies quite yet. So I, unfortunately, I will not be uh, uh, talking much about these ones. So uh, Todd, take it over, take it, take it away. Uh, so this is a, it's a good group of movies. Covada uh, mm-hmm. Saida is nominated for the Oscar. I imagine it probably is a favorite to win this award that that is my favorite it's my favorite movie of 2021 so far and night of the kings is not far behind that is that is a great movie from the ivory coast which i i didn't even know had their own that that were made films but the night mm. of the kings is my number two preparations uh, to be together for an unknown period of time is uh another really interesting movie and i i i I don't know what, what to say about all these. I mean, about Baccarat is is really weird, and The Disciple I thought was a little boring. So that that's that's my ranking. But Kovada Saida should be winning this. It it is one of the most intense things I, I've seen in a long time. Damn. Yeah. That, that I have the screener for it. It's just got really busy with little stuff. So I, that's on me. But I'm definitely looking forward to watching a lot of these ones. I know I had my eye on that that. Uh, a lot of those movies, so especially not seeing like your reviews and thoughts on Knights of Kings, I'm like that got gets me super hyped for that movie too. So, all right, let's move on to the next category: uh, best supporting male in a feature film. All right, Todd, one read read the this nominees one. are Coleman Domingo for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Orion Lee for First Cow, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal. Glenn Turman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Benedict Wong for Nine Days. Yes. All right. Well, I will, I'll start this one off. This one is some really good performances here. Some interesting choices for it. Like uh, we were talking about Robert Altman. I think Ma Rainey's Black Bottom would have been a perfect fit for that award. And because instead of taking maybe not that the performances aren't deserving because they are, but you know, they have, you take two spots up in this category where we, where we could have seen some other performances elsewhere from other films but needless um 
regardless. Some really good choices here. Obviously, I have one Oscar nominee as well with Paul Reese for Sound of Metal, and that is who I would be uh, voting for to win uh, paul racy is fantastic in sound of metal and the movie is amazing as well one of my favorites of 2020 and paul racy was one of the big parts of why i love that movie so much it's such a real performance and i think that having him actually getting the the, the nomination at the oscars was uh, a sigh of relief a little bit because he was kind of snubbed at golden globes some other the award circuits as well but he gets the nomination here hopefully he gets a win here and even if he doesn't walk away with the award, it's most uh, there's a slight chance, not a slight chance, there's a pretty big chance that he probably won't on Oscar uh, morning or Oscar after evening, whatever the case may be. But at least that he's recognized there. So uh, Paul Racy for me is my uh, winner in this category who I'll be voting for. Then I'll probably go Coleman, Domingo, and then Orion Lee, uh, Gilman Thurman, and Benedict Wong uh, for uh, that's my kind of my ranking, how I would rank them, everybody out. But Paul Racy is my. Uh, my voting and my winner and he probably will be the winner too i would think so uh todd how would you rank him and what's your thoughts yeah paul racy probably is going to win this which he should he he gave one of the very best performances of 2020 in any category so he's my number one uh number two i have orion lee number three glenn turman mm-hmm. number four benedict wong and number five coleman domingo but i mean i i've said about Mari's black bottom singling out one of the supporting guys and that is kind of yeah. a ridiculous task they, they all give really equally pretty good performances and i that's why i just think this category is strange having two of them in here uh, yeah. it really is taking up a spot of like someone who probably would have been a nominee in most years which would be like uh someone like uh bo burnham or something and I, mm-hmm. like th- that's that would be a total spirit award thing to do but uh he pretty much got snubbed all award season which was unfortunate yeah, that is true, and it, it's it's been it's a weird year. It's definitely a weird year, and when we will blame it on that for for right now, but we'll see. Anyway, next next category: best supporting female actress. And Todd, I'll have you with the uh, the nominees. Okay, the nominees were are uh, Alexis uh, Chikazi for Miss Juneteenth. Sorry, I butchered that. Uh, Yeri Han for Minari. Valerie Mahaffey, yeah, Mahaffey for French Exit, Talia Ryder for Never Early, Sometimes Always, and Yujun Yoon for Minari. So another double nomination in this category. Yeah, another double double nom, yeah. Uh, Another Oscar nominee as well for Yujun Yoon. Deserving, very deserving. I just watched that actually this week. So really loved, I really enjoyed Minari a lot. So it's a really good movie. Um, who do you think is going to win in this category? I'm guessing it's going to be, I think it'll be Yuri Han, which mm, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's wishful thinking, but I mean, I, I think Yushin Yoon is great, but I, I, Yuri Han is like, I feel like she's the heart of Minari and I, I think that that could be the. This would be the one time that she actually gets her due. Uh, is isn't it? Is uh, at the Spirit Awards. Yujin Yoon would be a very atypical winner at, at the Spirit Awards. Yeah, yeah. The um, I was thinking Yuri Han was a good call. I wasn't actually thinking her originally, but now that you're you're saying, that, I think that's really. I was thinking Talia Ryder. I think it, I can definitely see winning for this one. Um, or maybe that's another wishful thinking one as well. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it's, this is such a weird category. Tough, it's not weird, but tough because there's I think three really deserving performances here. Haven't seen the French Exit, but 
based off kind of hearing your thoughts or seeing your thoughts. I'm kind of not really excited for that one. That's gonna I've been saving that one, not in the back burner. Um, to, for watching. Yeah, well, Valerie Mahaffey is. I mean, she is good in that movie, but it's not. I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's a boring movie overall. Uh, okay. my, my rankings for these, I have Talia Ryder number one. I think she gives. I mean, she's got. A, she's a special talent, and like she, mm-hmm, her, absolutely. Her, her performance, her character is just something that it's hard to see the other actors doing. Yuri mm-hmm. Han number two, Yushun Yu number three, Alexis Chekhazy, uh, which is, a, I mean, a pretty good movie. Uh, she's number four, and I have Valerie Mahaffey at number five, probably just because I don't like the movie very much. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, mine. Is that who you're voting for? Is Talia Ryder? Yeah, yeah, I'll be voting for her. Yeah, I'll be voting for Talia Ryder as well. So that's my number one. Yuri Han, number two. Yu Jung Yoon for uh, number three. Alex, basically the same ranking you did. Alexis Chikazi uh, for Miss Juneteenth. And um, yeah, Miss Juneteenth, I actually saw that way before it actually got a lot of the atten- a lot of attention. So I found that and rented it. And I, I kind of really enjoyed it. Uh, we'll talk about another performance from that movie later on, which I think is really spot on. But anyway, let's move on to the next uh, category here. And that is best documentary. So another one that I've seen, I definitely did. I, there's two that I hadn't seen uh, and two of them that are the Oscar nominees that I hadn't watched quite yet. So I'll definitely be watching those soon. But the nominees for best documentary is The Collective, which was a do- double nominee at uh, the Oscars. A Crip Camp, Dick Johnson is Dead, which is an inspired choice. Um, the Mole Agent and Time. Wait, no, so, now uh, four of these are nominated at the Oscars, right? Uh, f- oh yeah, that's right. Four of these are. Yeah, that's right. Dick Donson is dead. It's the only one that was. I t- yeah, and that I was forgot the, that the, one of the favorite going in. That yeah. that is true. Yeah, I totally forgot. Yeah, Time and Crip Camp got nominated in the Collective and the Mollage. And what was the other? There was another one. I've, obviously, we can't. I can't remember right now. Oh yeah, the Octopus Teacher. Oh, yeah, that's right. My that was the, uh, yeah. yeah, my. Octopus I just watched teacher, that this week. Is... It's a delightful movie. <laughs> it's just it's oh, a yeah. really really interesting movie. Oh, awesome. Well, there we go. I need to definitely take that's the one that Netflix movies I need to watch too. So anyway, that's the Oscars. Let's, let's talk about these yeah. spirit nominees. Now, <laughs> this is a, this is a cool group of category uh, movies here. Like I said, I haven't seen the collective or the mole agent, but uh, I'm interested to watching those ones based off their descriptions. Uh, yeah. So I could see Crip Camp possibly winning here. I can see time winning. Um, this is just a, it's just a hard one to kind of predict without seeing, you know, two of them. Uh, who are, uh, what, what do you think is going to win in this category? This is probably the hardest category that, to predict. Uh, I would say time is probably the favorite to win, but all, I, all of these, I mean, other than the mole agent would be an oddball choice, but all, all the other ones do kind of feel very indie and stuff that, mm-hmm. that gets rewarded here a lot. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can definitely see it winning. Uh, who are you voting for? Uh, my favorite of these was Dick Johnson is dead. I think that's what I'm what I'm voting for. It, it's a it's a really unique documentary, and uh, Kristen Johnson, I believe, is the director. She uh, she she just makes documentaries unlike any other any other filmmaker. What about yeah. you? It was yeah, it was definitely a fun watch for sure. I definitely am probably the more more fun watches to uh, have in this category, but this is a tough one to pick. I, I think I'm going to vote for, I think I'm voting for Crip Camp because that's just something I didn't, I had no idea what was, 
happening. Like I didn't know about this. And so I was definitely, uh, I learned a lot and I thought it was a pretty interesting documentary. It's definitely more of a kind of a, kind of a typical story of how you tell a documentary, but a lot of, was a lot of information and I, I get, it's probably a slight edge. I, I, if you're talking about enjoyment factor, Dick Johnson's dead is, definitely one i would like to see win i would i would not be mad or upset if they did win because it's a solid solid little film um but yeah i'd probably go with crip camp and i'd be my uh what i'm voting for and i give you my ranking probably go crip camp dick johnson is dead time and that's what i've seen of the categories so far how about yourself uh, i go dick johnson is dead the mole agent which is yeah that, that's another really fun movie and really different oh, nice. kind of different documentary uh collective i have number three which is a kind of a slow burn sort of Crip Camp number four, and I think time is really overrated. I I mean it's probably going to win, but I, I I I didn't necessarily like it that much. Yeah, I, yeah, it it was. I understand what they were what it's saying. It, it just sucked those those situations, but yeah, I, I, it was it was it was not my favorite documentary of twenty twenty for sure. I thought it was some other ones, um, but anyway, let's go on to the mess best male lead. Category here, and I'll have you read off the categories. Okay, the nominees are, uh, which is, is a really good group uh, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Maroney's Black Bottom, Ardash Gurav for The White Tiger, Rob Morgan mm. for Bull, and Stephen Yoon for Minati. Nice. Uh, my goodness, this is a tough category, man. Such a tough category. Obviously, we have some Oscar-nominated actors in here. We have um, person three of them, with, yeah, th- three of them, yeah, with Riz Chadwick and Stephen, uh, all deserving of those Oscar nominees. Um, I had not, like I said, I haven't seen Bull yet, but the White Tiger that that was a great. That's a kind of a that's a really cool choice that they give him the nomination here. I like seeing that, which is that movie actually is nominated for an Oscar too. So pretty cool for the screenplay. Which I think it's funny that. The person who read out was one of the stars of that movie as well. With uh, I can't remember her name, but you know she's a she's fun. Anyway, back oh, to yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Priyanka. Yeah, Priyanka. Uh, yeah, can't remember her last name, but yeah. Anyway, Chopra. she's in that Chopra. movie too. Chopra, yeah, there we go. Jonas. <laughs> I remember that part. I don't want to call her. That. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is a tough category, man. Like, of course, I love Chadwick, and I think he he's the possible favorite uh, to win this category. Of course, he's kind of sweeping everywhere. Um, and, you know, I th- it was a really good performance here, but I'm going to vote for Riz Ahmed. I'm voting for Riz Ahmed for the sound Same. of metal. Yeah, this is uh, my, I think Riz Ahmed wins here too. I think this will be the one time that I don't think Chad Boseman's actually going to win. Cause I mean, sound of metal is way more spirit awards than, than Maurice black bottom is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good call. I, I like I said, like Riz Ahmed, man. Like I love Paul. We talked about Paul Racy, but Sound of Metal. It's, it's one of my favorite movies of 2020, and it it it, it was basically appeared. I believe it appeared on all of our lists of the best movies, or pretty dang yeah. close to being on our list. And it was, it was just, all in everyone's top five. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. I th- there's some other movies that kind of maybe might have pushed it out, but it's still in mine. It's still my number two favorite film of. Uh, 2020 it's just a, it's a damn good movie and Riz Ahmed is what carries that movie I've been a fan of that guy and I cannot wait to see what he does next Steven Yoon is fantastic in Minari uh, that movie is just really good too and it's fresh in my brain too so it's perfect and Chadwick you know I think that that's 
Uh, it's unfortunate what happened, but it is probably one of his better performances. I know that, you know, his, he's not the, I, mean, I haven't been the greatest, biggest fan of like some of the movies he's been in, but he's a talent. So it's, it's sad to lose a person like that. Who's so talented. Uh, but if, how I, if I would to rank him, I'm voting for Riz Ahmed. I would go Steven Yoon uh, two, and then uh, maybe uh, Chadwick three, and a Dar- Darash Gurav for the White Tiger at number four. And then Rob Morgan, I cannot wait to watch the Bull. So that's what I would say right now. Yeah, I have uh, Riz Ahmed one, Rob Morgan two, Steven oh, wow, Yoon okay. three, Chadwick Boseman four, Ardash Gurav five. Yeah, Bull is a really cool movie, and I think you, I think you'll dig that one too. Like Rob Morgan is a, a highlight in almost every movie he's in, and it's cool that he actually had a really big starring role. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, it, from what I when I was reading about it and I watched the trailer, I'm like, man, this looks like a really good dang movie, and I'm looking forward to watching it. I just there's when you get all those screeners. Like here you go all at one time. It's kind of yeah. overwhelming, and it's like which ones do I watch first? And I was like, well, the guys are going to be talking about these ones, so I better get those ones watched as soon as possible. And it's a little intimidating. I just missed life. It happens too. So, but it was it was cool. It's cool to get all these ones and be able to watch some movies that are probably not going to be out for a long time. So it's it's cool. All right, our next next category is best female lead. A best female lead, and this is a lot of great uh, nominees here. We have six nominees to talk about, which it's kind of funny they did six, and were the guys only got five. Which, but I liked all, every single deserving category. I didn't. Did they? Do they normally go with the the even number here with the six, or do they, is it normally five? I think this is just maybe they were too close on who they were deciding for a fifth spot, so they decided to include all of them because, yeah, I mean. The fact that it's the only category with more than five, I, I, it's got to be some sort of tiebreaker thing. Yeah, do not. Uh, I'm not upset with any of these choices. This is a very strong uh, category yeah. for sure, with some Oscar, you know, nominated actresses here. Three of them again, the and uh, three other performances that are really dang good. And this is going to be a tough one uh, to decide who's winning here, um, because they're all uh, very good. Uh, I guess I'll, th- I'll throw you the hardball question first. Uh, who do you think's winning here? I, it's so tough, man. I, it's probably Frances McDormand. Mm. But she is sort of like indie royalty. So I, it, I, it's between her and Viola Davis, I think. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I would say I'd say probably Frances McDormand, but and that it's, it's a tough call. Because, like, in the past, I mean, Sidney Flanagan would be one of the ones that would definitely be in the mm-hmm. running to win a, a Spirit Award. But this is a this is a heavy hitter lineup. Yeah, heavy hitter for sure. And it's like each one of these performances could be what, who we're voting for. It's just this year it's so stacked. And uh, any other year it could have been who we're voting for type of thing. Um, yeah, I can see Viola or Frances McDormand winning here. Uh, Viola Davis did have, definitely had the best boob sweat of all the year. <laughs> that <laughs> I'm gonna have to delete that because I might not like that. <laughs> but anyway, the um, but yeah, the, definitely one of a, a cool performance that Viola Viola is just amazing and everything that she's in. So it's it's cool that that she had this kind of crazy character to be. But okay, who am I voting for? I kind of want to see Carrie Mulligan take this 
but you know she could she's one of the favorites to probably win the Oscar too. But then McDormand's fantastic. You know, I think I'm gonna vote for Carrie Mulligan. I think I'm voting for Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Who are you voting for? I am going to vote for Carrie Mulligan as well. And the reason is, I think Viola Davis is in the wrong category. And, but I think mm. she, she gives the best performance in this Agreed. group. But I think, she's, I think she's supporting. So I'm go, I would go with Carrie Mulligan. All right. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's, let's do this kind of differently to, this time instead of having a group. Um, my number one is Carrie Mulligan. Number two for me. I probably would say Sydney Sydney Flanagan. Who would be your number two? I I, I mean I go Viola Davis because I mean oh, I I, yeah. I would I would give her the win, but I mean it's yeah, she's number two. Okay, that 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 you're good. You're spot on. Yeah, he, she definitely has the the bigger performance and probably one of the better performances in this category. But yeah, I'll, I'll put her at number three for right now. Uh, still, a really good performance, and I I liked her a lot in that movie. Who's your number three? So, who is your number three? Uh, who 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 would be your third choice? Uh, I have Frances McDormand third. Yeah, that would that would be. Uh, dang, this is such a tough category. Uh, number four would be Frances McDormand for me as well. So four four for me, uh, Julia Garner. Yeah, Maybe because I, I'm a I'm, huge I'm a huge Julia Garner fan, like uh, Ozark and everything. But she in the assistant, she she's a uh, she. She could be a movie star as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. I need to watch Ozark. I'm so behind on my TV. Uh, but I, I think I had I had Nicole Bayer, Bayer for Miss Juneteenth at number five for me. And then, then Julia Garner would be my number six spot. But and then your, I would take it your number six would be Nicole Bayer, right? Yeah, I have Sydney Flanagan five. And... Oh, yeah, Sydney Flanagan five. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which I mean, which just shows how tough this category is because Sydney Flanagan was like my personal winner of, of for like the longest time this year, so or mm -hmm. last year. So, such a tough, such a tough category, and so, so many great performances. Like it's tough to say, like, oh, you're in my fifth spot. Like it's 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 a bummer. You're in my sixth spot. It's a bummer because some of these performances, like in any other year, could be winning. But yeah, all right. Let's move on to our, our next category that we're voting on, and that's the best first screenplay, which is another pretty dang cool one. And this is the, probably the coolest category that we get to vote on. This is just so dang awesome. Uh, a movie that probably should have been nominated for an Oscar. That would be a really cool nomination. But let's have you read off the categories for best first screenplay, Todd. Okay, the nominees are The Assistant, written by Kitty Green, Elapsis, written by Noah Hutton, Miss Juneteenth, written by Channing Godfrey Peoples, Palm Springs, written by Andy Ciara, and Straight Up, written by James Sweeney. What a cool category. Cool category for sure. Who's winning? Who do you think is winning this one? It's probably going to be Palm Springs, which I didn't even know was eligible, but it's, it's, that's probably <laughs> winning the category. Yeah, that's that's probably winning it. Uh, I would love it for that one. I would have loved it to be nominated for an Oscar as well uh, for Best Original Screenplay. Cause that's this is a fun movie. One of another movie that finished on everybody's top tens, but Terry's uh, <laughs> uh, oversight. Any anyway, uh, uh, who what's your uh, who are you voting for? Okay, this is where I, it gets a little hard because. Obviously, Palm Springs is the best movie in this group. It was in my top five of 2020. But I'm going to 
be voting for Straight Up because that nice. is the kind of movie that just oozes Independent Spirit Awards. It reminds me of there, there was this movie that came out called Rocket Science in 2007 that was nominated for a, a, a few Spirit Awards, including Anna Kendrick was nominated for a Sporting Female. And this movie reminds me of that, and which makes me think that this movie should have been nominated for several Spirit Awards, like especially Katie Finley, which who I think was good enough to be nominated for an Oscar. I, I, I loved Straight Up. It was just borderline outside my top 10 of the year. And yeah, that was first screenplay. Seems like a good spot to reward it even though palm springs is objectively better straight up is is, <laughs> is a spirit awards kind of thing nice yeah that's one i need to see and laps is another one you text me like you got to watch this movie and i i, I started it too late <laughs> this week and i, I oh, yeah. kind of fell asleep and i can't really i don't want to judge something based off a sleeping thing i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna do it here <laughs> i'm not gonna do it here um anyway yeah i i like the assistant here i like miss juneteenth for this category yeah subjectively palm Springs is probably a better film but being this kind of this thing i uh, i'll probably vote for miss juneteenth in this category i think this it it, it kind of it fits this one a smaller story i like the like the, the lead performance i like the performances here the mother and daughter daughter relationship um and I, I, yeah it's probably what i would vote for then then the assistant and then palm springs would be kind of my choice even though i think uh, you know Palm Springs is considerably the better. It's my top eight of the year uh, movies, and it was it's one of my favorites. And I love this kind of storytelling. But I'm gonna have to go with you know someone a little differently with this uh, this this category here. So I'll vote for uh, Channing Good Free Peoples for the win here. Yeah, mine goes straight up. Palm Springs lapses mainly because that is just it's a brilliant concept for a movie. Yeah, and uh, it definitely fits this category well. Miss June Team Four and The Assistant Five. Yeah, I think this is such a great category, and it's like all these movies are just—it's cool that they got got some love in this category for sure. So, all right, Todd, so our best screenplay um, here. Uh, let's go. Our first nominee is for uh, *Minari*, written by Lee Isaac Chung. *Promising Young Woman*, written by Emerald for for Fennell. *Never Rarely, Sometimes Always*, written by Eliza Hitman. Eliza Hitman. Bad Education by Mike Makowski and half of it uh, written by Alice Wu. Some really cool categories, some cool movies here, uh, some interesting ones, and some ones I have I didn't really care for. So a little bit of everything in this category for I me. I didn't even know Bad Education was going to be eligible because it's a, I mean, that was a TV movie and I don't know. Yeah, HBO, straight to HBO Max, uh, kind of a weird nomination, kind of. Kind of dug Hugh Jackman and uh, Allison Janning in this movie, but yeah, the movie overall didn't have any staying power in my mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I kind of forgot. Like I gave it a pretty good rating, and then I kind of I was like, oh yeah, that movie did come out last year, didn't it? I totally forgot about it. <laughs> so it kind of didn't have any staying power in my head. But this is a cool category. I think oh, there's some really there's a really top heavy category for sure. Cool nominations for other people for writing here, but. Overall, I think who's winning this category, I think I don't think they're going to have to give something to Minari, and it's going to be Lee Isaac Chung taking this one for here for best screenplay. I I really enjoyed this one uh, a lot, and it's, you know, I would love to see Emerald Fennell take somebody, win it here for Promising Young Woman. I think those are two, two of my front runners. But then, yeah, never rarely, sometimes, always. This is why it's, it's so tough now for voting. 
Uh, but I'm gonna, I, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm voting for uh, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. That's who I'll vote for. How about yourself? I, I think Promising Young Woman's probably going to win, mm-hmm. but uh, my my vote is going to go for Never Really, Sometimes, Always. Because yeah, and and that 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 is a, I think that's going to win something, and it's nominated for a yeah, bunch true, of things. True. And this this should be the spot that it it takes takes to victory. Oh yeah, that's that's a good, really good point there too. It, I think it led nominations, or or Minari and uh, Never Rarely, or one of those movies really led the nominations. So definitely, uh, but what they need to win something, and I, that's a good call. And the Never Rarely, sometimes always winning here. I, I wouldn't mind that at all. Wouldn't mind that one bit because that's my number two pick uh, to win this category. Number three would be Promising Young Woman. Four would be Bad Education, and number five would be the half of it. I actually didn't really care about that movie that much, so it was kind of like, okay, that's that. It, it, well, we it had exists. we had a nice argument about that on uh, <laughs> when we reviewed that movie back when it came out in like what August or whatever. Yeah, that the review was flushing in my head as I was watching. I was like, yeah, I remember all this conversation. I, I that movie, and Zach, of course, hated it for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I would have I didn't, I didn't, Yeah, I didn't hate it, but I, it was just like, yeah, okay, I watched it. <laughs> But anyway, uh, how how would you rank the nominees? Um, I would go Never Really, Sometimes Always, Promising Young Woman, Minari, The Half of It, and then Bad Education, which is a movie I just didn't really care for. <laughs> but, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, let's get that. There would have been a lot yeah, cooler no. nominees in the in here. If they, I mean, I don't know where Sound of Metal is here. Like, uh, I mean, maybe that was the first screenplay technically, but it wasn't nominated there either. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. Where was that nomination? Because Sound of Metal was amazing. A lot of people love that movie too. It's weird. It's weird, weird, weird. All right. Best director. Todd, lead off those nominees. For best director, the nominees are Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Emerald Fennell for a Promising Young Woman, Eliza Hitman, Never Really Something's Always, Kelly Reichardt for First Cow, and Chloe Zha for Nomad Land. Oh, man, it's we have so cool. Three Oscar nominees in this group. Yeah, two other really deserving category ones. anyway. Yeah, yeah, tough category here. I'm glad they're honoring these three uh, main movies for Oscars as well. But I'm also loving seeing the two other ones: the first Coward number, really sometimes always here once again. Uh, who do you think's winning this category? I, I don't think anything's stopping Chloe Zhao this yeah. awards season, and this should be no different. Yeah, I definitely agree with that as well. Uh, she's going to be fantastic. The uh, good bet, the good money bet is how long until after she wins Best Director will that Eternals trailer drop for Marvel? That's the question. <laughs> They're holding off on that trailer. That movie was supposed to come out last year. So uh, who knows? Anyway, no Marvel talk today. Uh, how? Uh, who are you voting for? I'll, I'll be voting for Chloe Zhao as well. It was it was one of the highest war directions of uh, of the year for sure, and she, I mean, it's she has a really unique vision, and I think she should have gotten more credit for the writer, but uh, yeah, Nomadland cool. is just, I mean, it's a great movie, and she is tre- tremendous directing. Yeah, I'm definitely voting for Chloe Zhao for Nomadland as well. My next choice would be Promising Young Woman's Emerald Fennell. I. The direction for that was very unique and different, and especially we've seen stylized uh, revenge movies like this before, but this was, I thought, was really entertaining and really done, and especially being one of her first uh, films that she's done that was awesome. Uh, Lee Isaac Chung would be my number three choice for Minari. 
then Eliza Hitman for Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, and then Kelly Reichardt for the first our first cow. I really all different takes and different direction styles. So all four five very unique films to say the least. How about you? Yeah, of course. Emerald Fennell, Eliza Hittman, Lee Isaac Chung, and then Kelly Reichardt, which kind of sucks because I, I love Kelly Reichardt movies, and I just don't think First Cow is necessarily one of her better ones, but it's you know, it's something that you get enveloped in her hair movies, and it, it mm-hmm. sucks that I have to put her fifth because, I mean, in an ordinary year, I'd be, I have no problem with her winning, but she, there's no way she doesn't hold a candle to the other four. Absolutely. If you guys want to hear more thoughts on First Cow, make sure you check the Almost Sideways YouTube channel because Zach did a I put a, a review his re- snippet review there, and you can also check out the uh, podcast episode as well to check out First Cow with more de- in detailed thoughts because it's a yeah he liked it a lot a lot a lot. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's move on to the next one. I, I John Cassavetes award. We don't get a vote on this one, but uh, Todd, you've seen all these ones. Uh, give us a quick rundown on uh what to look for on for these for these films yeah the cassavetes award is one of my favorite things it's the one that actually shows the true indie movies uh movies that are under a five hundred thousand dollar budget uh a few of these are really good ones the killing of two lovers is my favorite one uh that that's who I'll, I'll i mean i can't i guess we don't vote on this one but if i did vote it would be for that one saint francis i have number two uh, which I saw a long time ago, but it was really cool, and I'm glad that it got some recognition. Residue, I have number three, Le, Leonda Negra, number four, and uh, Lingua Franca, number five, which is, I, is the only one that I'm, I'm was like a little, like, like baffled that it got nominated. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a cool it's a cool category. It's some it's some good movies. I don't know what they're actually going to choose to win this thing. I think I my gut says Saint Francis, but I, I it really should be the Killing of Two Lovers. And and I know yeah. you agree with me on that. <laughs> Even though you haven't seen it, I was like, I doubt that you're going to like it as much as you like that one. Yeah, that movie, uh, Killing Two Lovers, <laughs> is going to be a front run. It could be tough to knock out of my top ten like this year, next year. It's just a unique. Uh, visual experience to uh take in man that that movie it conquered almost every emotion to me for me and uh, i absolutely loved it it's one of my uh, favorites obviously of this 2021 season it just came out for a few months now so definitely take a look at that for that one i'm interested to see the other ones for sure but i i think i would be voting for killing of two lovers for this one if i did have a say in it so all right moving on to our second of last categories here this is another interesting category best first feature film some really good choices here. Uh, the 40-Year-Old Version, directed by Rada Blank. Yeah, really cool movie there. I Carry You With Me, Miss Juneteenth, Nine Days, and Sound of Metal. Really like this category. Todd, how about you? Do you like the category? Yeah, yeah, there, there's some good ones here. I mean, I wasn't the biggest 40-Year-Old Version fan, but th- these other ones are really, really mm-hmm. cool, solid Spirit Award nominees. Yeah, absolutely. The... Uh, it's cool that they didn't go with, like the, the promising young woman around and just like throwing that one back in here too. There was they um, they added some new takes in this one. Um, it's interesting to see nine days in this one, considering it only had the Benedict Wong, which is kind of an odd nomination. We talked about that, um, you know, a different time when I watched it. I liked the movie a lot, but uh, it's kind of weird that that's the only one they got, considering that Winston Duke was getting praised and he kind of got kind of got snubbed out of it, but. 
who maybe that could have been the sixth vote. Who knows? But uh, who would you be voting for here? I think it's a clear favorite for us. Yeah, I mean, it's down to metal, and I'm pretty sure it's going to win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely agree. I think Sound of Metal is winning, and that's who I'll be voting for as well. Um, how would you rank out the other uh, nominees? Uh, number two, I have I Carry You With Me. Number three, Miss Juneteenth. Number four, Nine Days. And number five, the 40-year-old version. Yeah, good call on the, all these ones. Uh, I would go Sound of Metal. That's who I'm voting for. Number two would be Nine Days. Um, I Carry You With Me, number three. Uh, 40-year-old version, number four, and Miss Juneteenth, number five. That's how I would t- rank them out. But, uh, yeah, other than, you know, it's really it's a cool group of movies here for sure. So, you I'm, to see I'm them surprised they didn't have One Night in Miami in here. Like, this would be one of the ones that it still would have called for. I'm not sure why, what the deal is. That is, yeah, I, that is weird. That's one I thought kind of was like, didn't get anything. Then I was like, oh, it's the Robert Altman. That's that's why, but it's, it's still kind of weird. I'm still trying to get used to getting into like what qualifies, what doesn't, and it, it's just. I don't know. It's just kind of interesting to see. So, all right. Our last category is the best feature. Todd, take have the honors. The nominees are First Cow, Marini's Black Bottom, Minari, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, and Nomadland. Wow. What a good, uh, pretty solid list of nominees here. I think I gave every movie here a positive but one movie. Positive rating on almostsideways.com. Make sure you check out all our reviews there and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Almost Sideways Movie Podcast. Uh, but uh, all, all solid movies. Do you give all these movies positives or is there is one as well? That I, I, you... I have Maureen's Black Bottom as a two and a half stars. Yeah, that's so, what I have as well, too. Yeah. Like it, I, I appreciate the performances, but yeah, it's it's a borderline two and a half or th- borderline three star movie. But I have it at two point five as well. But every other movie I really liked a lot. Um, two of them were in my top ten. I think never really, sometimes always, just got knocked out of my top ten recently because I watched The Father. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll mention that here. But that's a great movie. Uh, I'm I'm thinking who's winning this one? It's gonna be uh, No Man Land. I yeah. have a feeling um, it's getting close to that Oscar season. I think there's only like three. There's a couple of movies that are kind of leaning front runner for best picture. No Man Land is up there. Minari is up there. I would, I would have to think um, some No Man Land is what I think is going to win this award. How about yourself? Yeah, it probably is, is going to win. I, the, yeah. the traditional choice would be never really, sometimes always. Absolutely. But the, the the budget restrictions are kind of like hazy to me at this point with uh, some of these other movies, but uh, so it ma- it makes it so the true indie movies that are made for basically nothing, like never really, sometimes always, don't actually win these awards anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is kind of weird how <laughs> you can have bigger budgeted movies with really big actors and and directors, and then they're the ones who kind of gets put in these categories now. I'm also surprised Promising a Woman's not nominated considering it has actress, screenplay, and director. And then, yeah, yeah. It's weird. It, it also lost out in fe- first feature, too. So that's another one that's... Uh, and everybody really loved that uh, well, it wouldn't too, be not. So. It wouldn't be eligible for both. I assume Sound of Metal would have been nominated if it wasn't a first feature. So oh, I guess, good, yeah. So yeah I, I, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that is her first movie. 
Yeah, it's just weird that yeah that promising young woman didn't get nominated in that category at least for first feature, but uh, it's 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 a, this is a, this is I I I don't hate these five movies at all. I, I like I think they're all deserving to be here. I think it's a you know they're pretty a pretty good category here. Like I said, I'm voting for No Man Land. I think No Man Land is up there. Then I'll follow it up with uh, mm, Never Really, Sometimes Always, Minari. First Cal, and then Ma Remy's Black Bottom is what I would vote for. If I, I that's my ranking, and who I would vote for for my winner as well. Minari is getting my vote. Uh, okay, good call. Then I'm taking Nomadland second, Never Really, Sometimes Always third, First Cal fourth, and Maureen's Black Bottom fifth. Mm. What edges out uh, Minari for you over Nomadland? I think it's the overall like like the emotional impact the movie had on me because Minari made a very specific impact on me where Nomadland is something I more admire than I do actually love. Okay. And so I think that, that gives it a little bit of a leg up. Nice. Yeah. Good call. I, 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 I can see my best picture. Like I think Minari and Nomadland are front runners for best picture or like, at least leading the pack for best picture at the Oscars. I kind of wishful thinking hope the father maybe sneaks into that conversation because wow, what a wreck <laughs> that I felt in my chest. Yeah. And uh, of course dream would be sound of metal winning, but I don't, I don't necessarily know how likely that is. Um, but yeah, there, it's interesting to see how, how these awards might affect the other bigger ones too. Cause we obviously director, I think is going to close out for Oscars as well, but yeah, I th- yeah, No Man Land or Minari, I think is going to take this category, I, and I would not be upset with it. And who knows, maybe if one wins here, the other one wins at the uh, later on for the Oscars too. So it's it's, it's going to be it's fun that we get a vote on these now. Yeah, well, I mean, last year it would have been like a sweep anyway. I mean, Uncut Gems still would have won everything. So <laughs> yeah, voted true. For it. Yeah, that is, that is true. And, that, and speaking of which, it's coming up to that six-month mark. We need to do another deep oh, yeah. dive. You know? Every yeah. six months, yeah. <laughs> Every six months, do a, a deep dive on uncut, uncut gems. And then, uh, yeah, anyway, that's what uh, we're voting for at uh, this year's 2021 Independence uh, Spirit Awards. Uh, I run down the TV categories. Oh, yeah, let's run down those. I totally forgot about those. That's uh, I'll back it up here because you've seen the TV categories. We're going to go here. We're going to do a best new scripted series. I'll read off the categories for this one. We have I Might Destroy You, Little America, Small Axe, Unorthodox, and A Teacher. Todd, what's your ranking and who you're voting for? Uh, so this is interesting because this category isn't really reflective of the best TV that I watched when I was – uh, watching the nominees, but I'm going to be voting for a teacher because that's the one that actually compelled me to go by, go and watch the rest of the season. Cause we got like one episode or like a few episodes. Yeah. Uh, that one, I actually was interested enough to keep watching, but I, I will say the best episode I watched was I may destroy you. That's mm. going to win this probably it's, it's It also is the winner of the ensemble cast in a series award, which I don't know why they, they made that still eligible, but, anything uh uh so that's number two i have unorthodox number three a uh, show that i i watched completely out of context the last episode because that's what they sent me which is kind of frustrating small acts yeah. is number four which has really high highs and and i i would say like not so good episodes as well and little america i have a number five that's more of like an anthological series it, it's mm. it's uh, created by camille nanjiani 
and Emily Gordon, which I didn't know until I started watching it. Oh, wow, and, like, interesting. I, there's, a, there's a lot of really interesting filmmakers that are throughout all of the nominees in the TV category. It's like a, a teacher is like an executive produced by Jason Bateman. So, I mean. Wow, okay. It'd be cool. It'd be cool if that won, but it's going to be I May Destroy You. Oh, it's okay. Cool. Good, good to know. I might have to take take a look at a teacher there and uh, maybe take a look at I May Destroy You. I think it's on HBO as well. Possibly. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah. All right, Todd. Uh, best non or best new non scripted or documentary series. The nominees are. Well, I, I haven't Atlanta. seen any of those. You haven't seen any of these. Okay, okay, no problem. Uh, it's this Atlantis Missing and Murdered: The Lost Children, City So Real, Immigration Nation, Love Fraud, and We're Here. I believe you can find We're Here and Immigration Nation on Netflix. I remember seeing those. I'm not sure if they have the other ones, but I've heard some interesting things about. Uh, some of these ones so uh we haven't personally seen them yet but if you have hit us up on twitter at almost sideways city so real is supposed to be really good that's a steve james documentary which i just haven't gotten to yet i've been wanting to watch that for a while for a while i don't know what's gonna win this though i i I don't have no idea how the tv voting is gonna go for the spirit award so yeah i I just weird that they have the team uh tv award categories but Hey, yeah. and it's weird that they always send us, send us one episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Best female performance in a new scripted series. We have Ellie L. Fanning for The Great, which uh, Terry had watched, I believe, a couple episodes. Uh, Sarah Haas for Unorthodox. Abby McHenry for Work in Progress. Uh, Meritre Ram Krish, 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 oh, I'm sorry, I mispronounced her, uh, her name. Never have I ever. And Jordan Christie Simone for We Are Who We Are. Have you seen any of these, Todd? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen. Uh, I, I watched the what they gave me of all these. And so the the thing is, okay, the best performance here is Shiri Haas in Unorthodox, but the what I I kind of think is weird is that they gave like the best show that i watched of uh was uh we are who we are which is a luca guadagnino show that yeah. i did call me by your name and uh but jordan christine C- simon i mean she's in the show but she's not like a, a focus of the show i could see how if i watch the whole series which i am eventually because it is it's it, from what i watch it is a really great show i think i'll vote for her just because i like the show so much nice Sh- sherry haas number two uh l fanny number three Meritre, Rama Krishnan, Never Have I Ever, which is a, a Mindy Kaling creative. Mindy Kaling, show, yeah, I remember hearing that, yeah. Which, I mean, that was a really creative episode. She is a dynamite actress, and she's going to be great. I, I could see myself just sitting down watching that season. It's easy to watch. And Abby Ma- McEnany in Work in Progress is sort of an annoying show, but uh, I, I don't know that she's really that great in it. It's more of like a writing achievement, but the, I put her number five. Okay. All right, we're going to go on to the best male performance in a new scripted series. We have Adam Ali for Little America, Nico An- Anana, or, or I mispronounced her name, um, P Valley, uh, Confidence for Little America, Amit Rahav for Unorthodox, and Harold Torres for 000. So right, zero 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 is another one that it was a it's a great episode and he's Harold Torres isn't the focus of it so I think I'm gonna vote for that because I I will eventually watch the whole show but the best performance mm-hmm. is probably Adam Ali for Little America 
Nico Anana have third, Confidence number four, and Amit Rahav, which I could see. I watched the last episode and he's not in it that much. I could see him having a great arc in the show, but mm-hmm. I just didn't see it from what they uh, what what they showed me. But zero 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 is really good. It's it's uh, created by the guy who uh, who directed the second uh, Sicario movie. Mm. It's about like uh, the this uh, cocaine shipment going from South America and all the way through its process to eventually Europe and like Gabriel Byrne is in it. It's a really interesting show and I had never heard of it. It's an HBO show. Oh wow, okay. I'm gonna have to take 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 a look at that show too. Some really good TV. I'm so, so far behind again. <laughs> and then we already mentioned too, best ensemble cast in a new scripted series is the winner. The winner is I May Destroy You. Would be curious to see what the other nominees would have been, but we don't have those here. So it's just that for TV. So there we go. All righty. Well, I think that's anything. Any closing remarks for you, Todd, before we wrap it up today? Well, I, I just can't wait for the ceremony. And, I mean, I know, like, the SAG Awards are tomorrow. We got uh, the BAFTAs coming up and then Spirit Awards and the Oscars. Like, I love this time of year. I can't, I, can't, I can't wait for this long, extended Oscar season to finally come to its fruition. Yeah, heck yes. It's been such a – it's been a weird year for sure. And, uh, you know, we – we just talked about the Spirit Awards, but the Oscar nominees are already out there. And I want to plug this as well. Every year where we do the Oscar Challenge, and I'm the defending champ this year. I'm going to come back, come for my crown two years in a row maybe. That never happens. But we will leave the link if you would like to participate in our Oscar Challenge. You guys can check the link in the show notes and to leave you who you think is going to win the Oscar Challenge. Can you beat – Todd, Terry, Zach, or myself in that challenge. It'd be all fun to see how you guys do and stack up to us. So, uh, but anyway, my closing remarks on the Spirit Awards. This is this is pretty awesome. To be able to actually vote on these things and see movies that haven't quite come out yet, or, and talk about some movies. And it's it's been uh, the price of a mission for Film Independent has already paid off in full, and we get that for two years. So I'm really excited to see what next year brings, and um, who knows. Maybe we actually get some like stuff in the mail. Like I would like to actually hold some screeners too, and it'd be, it'd be really cool. But digital is always—it's still fun though. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. So that, that's it. That's it. What do you guys have winning for the best movies at the Spirit Awards? Let us know down in the comments section down below. Until next time, we this is Adam and Todd, and I think we're gonna close it off right there. So we'll see you later. <laughs>